so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 83, and it is chapter four of the book club triggers edition. Okay, so in our previous book clubs, we have covered a, uh, a wide range of things here. Uh, and We've not had previous book clubs. Well, in our previous chapters, <laughs> in our previous chapters, we've covered things like disobedience, backtalk. Um, the last chapter that we covered was disrespect. And then today, it, it, the focus is what, Jonna? Strong-willed children. And the actual definition of being strong-willed is determined to do as one wants, even if if other people advise against it. Yes. So let's so let's just talk real <laughs> quick about how how uh, determined that. most of our kids are uh, when it comes to uh, even when we advise them not to. So, for instance, we are still trying to get our two-year-old to figure out that she can't bring drinks into the living room. Or uh, she's, she's been around for a whole two years and she still can't figure that out. So yeah, dude, I'm she, a little frustrated. She needs to stop acting like a toddler. Right? For real. Um, no, but for real, my carpet would like her to stop doing that. But she is determined to bring her drinks and snacks into the living room, even though I strongly advise against it. Yeah, she doesn't give a rip at all. Don't give her. She does not care. What about our newly turned four-year-old who continues to climb the furniture, mm-hmm. even though she has fallen off of the chairs and off of things sometimes? You know, I remember somebody saying like, oh, just let them, let them do it because they're going to learn their lesson after they get hurt once. No, nope. not ours. They're like not our strong-willed fish. children. They're like fish. They keep biting the hook, dude. No mm-hmm. matter what, for centuries, fish is a I've always bit the hook, right? And so that's our kids. Strong will. It doesn't matter. I I feel like they could touch the stove and still touch the stove five minutes later. Seriously, I agree. If there's like some mac and cheese or something they want on it, they would. See? Strong willed, even when we advise against. So what about, wait, we left out Lola and I would have argued at first that she was our most strong willed. She's just persistent. She's five and she just knows what she wants and she's determined to do it. But she's not really disobedient. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not really. More, she's more so verbally strong-willed. So, like, she wants to make sure that you hear what she has to say. It doesn't matter how long she wants to talk. Doesn't matter what you're talking about. She's going to interrupt you. And we, uh, we've been working on that. We work hard on trying to uh, fix that. So, I'm sure plenty of you are like sitting here nodding your head right now because you've got a child that emulates one of those things or your own strong will nature. And it's easy for us parents to be very frustrated or triggered by strong will nature, because especially when you have multiple little humans that are strong willed and pushing for things, it can get really frustrating. But something that Wendy, the author of this chapter focuses on is the whole idea. And we've, and we brought it up in the other chapters, I think just because it's kind of a theme throughout the book and really our podcast is she's talking about the idea of we've got to stop putting the focus on fixing our kids and turn it around and fix, I don't want to say fix ourselves, but kind I mean, it kind of. Yeah. Well that, and I think in order to kind of unpack that point a little bit. Unpack it, Chris. Strong-willed kids, as she says in the book, grow into strong-willed adults. So it's like, crap. (laughs) (laughs) If we're expecting them to be a little more passive, a little more chill in the future, uh, they're probably not going to be. So so why would we try to fix uh, their wiring and not accept it for what it is and see how, you know, at the end of the day, there could be some optimistic 
features <laughs> of a strong-willed and determined Well, kid. I think there could be a lot of optimistic features, if you would like to word it that way, of a strong-willed child because – if we if we put the long term focus on that we are raising future adults, we don't I want them to think for themselves. I want them to push back if they feel like they need to be heard on something. I want them to um have goals and be determined and even if you know what I mean, I'm thinking about our our current political climate. Like I don't want our kids to just take what they hear from one side and just not question it because they were told not to, you know? Yeah, it's actually a good point. Thank you. Sometimes I make those. Sometimes. Sometimes. Every once in a while. Well, the other point is that uh, Wendy made in the book, and if we're going back to the biblical thought, is that she said that strong-willed adults are the last ones to depart from the righteous path. And that kind of goes along with along with that line of um, critical thinking or free thinking. And, um, man, that gets me excited to think that if we can ingrain these values into our children now— that they're not going to give in as much to peer pressure if they have that hard wiring for a strong will. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because the world is turning so fast and there's going to be so much peer pressure they're going to be under uh, even more than we probably anticipated mm-hmm. before with the lack of logic and different things that are trying Easy. to be pushed these days. I'm just saying, look, okay. take it for what you will. Uh, but yeah, I think I think our kids are going to be faced with a lot harder uh, decisions. I think they're going to be a lot more confused, especially if we start messing with the meaning of words. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think that uh, you're right. I mean, strong-willed uh, and being persistent can actually can actually come in handy. So yeah, again, we're not trying to fix that. We're trying to look at how they're wired and say, how can how can this be something that uh, we we look into the future and say, look, this can be something that you can utilize. Uh, and then also something that's super important to us personally is making sure that any of those qualities are things that are going to honor God. It's true. It's true. So something Wendy said that we can do to kind of nurture this wiring, if you will, is choose words that build up the child, not tear them down with blame and shame. And I know I personally am guilty of catching myself, but I have tried. This is one thing that I – I don't know if I read it in an article or something early on in parenting, but I oh, – I, have tried throughout this whole five years, it feels like a lot longer than five years because we have four kids, um, to make sure that my words don't tear them down. And of course, I fall short of that. There's been times where I've snapped and and said things. So words that tear them down would be like putting their bad behavior as a quality on them. So telling them that they're bad because they made a mistake or telling them saying you know what's wrong with you when they when they're rude or or disobedient or um angry you know what i mean like putting those that's how you tear them down with blame and shame and those are things that they're going to internalize i mean i know for myself i'm 32 years old and i still remember any mean thing that people have said to me over the years like back to elementary school Women high have school such a good memory with all the it's negative tr- stuff it's true i can remember <laughs> All the things that cut the deepest that either my parents or my teacher or a friend or a boyfriend or whatever, Chris, I've got like a log of everything Chris has said (laughs) negative. I'll tell you guys about that another day. Um, It hurts and those, those words stick. And so it's just the same with our little humans. Again, we're not raising robots. We are raising humans who are future adults who internalize those things. So with that, I try really hard, and I think this is what Wendy was speaking to, to build the kids up and tell them the good qualities about them, even when 
they're making mistakes. Um, I, I try not to put the blame, you know, play the blame and, and I'm not perfect at it, but mm-hmm. the blame and shame thing. Um, and instead tell them, you know, that was a bad decision because of X, Y, Z, and then always right. reinforce it with love. Yeah. Not letting them create, not letting them associate your bad, uh, with right. their nature and who they are. And at first I remember Jonna was like, no, we don't call them bad. We say bad behavior. I was like, oh, what a snowflake thing to do, whatever. I'll go along with it. But I actually, I actually have definitely gotten on that train because I have realized that, that there is a big time difference between saying you're bad and that behavior was bad. It's like you, you can almost see the, almost see the reaction in their body language, understand like, okay, what I did was bad, but I'm not bad. Yeah. And every time they like, there's been a couple of times where I've been, saying goodnight to our oldest Lola. And she's been like, I'm just bad. I don't know how to be good. I'm like, that's not true. You're not bad. You are doing things that are bad, but that doesn't make you bad. Like we all, we all struggle and it's a way to obviously open up kind of like we talked in the last episode about just being, being humble and open and, and real with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, uh, and then something else I think that uh, was, was pretty convicting really is that we honor God when we honor our kids hardwiring, right? So if their personality is something that rubs us the wrong way, per se, persistent, never stops talking, uh, just like so much. I think I think something I'm guilty of is I'll tell our oldest, I'll say, you're so much, like you're just so dominant. And I don't think I, I say that in the most positive way, if I'm being honest. And when I look at it from biblical perspective god doesn't make mistakes right he he didn't accidentally make her that way and again i need to look for the positives of that instead of break her down totally agree i mean just like anything if you're looking for the ways kids are gonna frustrate you or the things that annoy you you're gonna find them because kids can be annoying i love my kids dearly but let's i mean if you are a parent and you say your kids don't ever annoy you they're cool you're lying i'm I'm fond of them. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> no. but no, you know, kidding. I forgot. I'm kidding, Karen. I'm kidding. Karen. <laughs> I forgot what I wanted. I feel bad for all the nice Karens out there. I'm not right? going to lie. That's true. Um, I, I, I forgot what I was going to, I was going to say something before. And now I just remembered. I was thinking, so there's actually studies out there where they take plants and they talk to one plant negatively and they talk to another plant oh wow that is really crunchy affirmations what? <laughs> it's true That's there's crazy. actual studies yeah and, and, and it shows that the plant that is talked to which it sounds ridiculous I'll, first of all i don't i love plants but i don't have a bunch of plants i know some of you guys out there are like really big plant people i would never talk to my plant i don't think personally yeah i'm when, not sure that i would i mean I, I mean it probably would listen better than the people in my house but um <laughs> but no there there have actual been actually have been studies and it has shown that the plants that are talked to negatively and i'm sure like super negatively um they don't grow well they wither and the ones that are talked to positively and uplifted with affirmations and probably some sunshine uh they grow and they thrive so i mean aren't there even studies with uh with newborn babies and how much we interact and talk to them and stuff because there's there's a fundamental difference between a kid who who doesn't have any interaction with the mom, oh. um, opposed to tons of interaction with with the mom uh, after birth, right? It's actually, yeah, it's actually really heartbreaking. I can't. We've we're reading kind. Of, we're kind of juggling a couple books at once right now, so I don't remember if this was in this book or not. But 
I was reading something recently and it was talking about um, an orphanage in another country and how the babies there, they don't even cry because they've given up crying because nobody ever comes. Because mm, babies cry. That might have been in this book. It might have been in this book. Maybe. Because babies cry because that's how they communicate with us. And so they when their little brains, like that's how that's how intricately, <laughs> intricately designed we are that once they realize nobody's coming. They just stop crying. And that, like, honestly wrecks my heart. But I think that's another testament to um, just not just loving with our words, but loving and touching and hugging and holding our children. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I hate the whole you hold a kid too much, you spoil them thing. You used to think that, too. You actually used to think that, too. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe a little. Um, so what about strong-willed children? I don't know. We got off on a tangent a little <laughs> bit there. We may have got off a little tangent, but... Uh, yeah. Strong-willed children are hard, and we are with you because we have at least three of them. At so far, three. the fourth one, he seems pretty chill, but I think he's just tricking us. Um, they're hard, but if we can all collectively here turn our perspective and realize that strong-willed children are going to do some really cool things one day as adults and that they will be better equipped to stand their ground if you are raising them in the faith. And God doesn't make mistakes. And the whole idea, yeah, God, I don't believe he makes mistakes either. And so that kind of comes back to the whole nurture versus nature argument. And I can tell you what, at least right now, we've got three girls who are very close in age, raised in the same house, under the same rules, under the same parents, and Pretty much the same circumstances, and they are so different. So different. And they came out that way. Yeah. So, yeah, they're hardwired in their own unique ways, and um, that's a good way to look at it. God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, the final quote that Wendy said was, let us not undo them, which means our kids, in our attempts to redo them better, but let us partner with the one who made them for his glory. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah, that quote that quote moves me. It makes me a little emotional here because, again, I'm guilty of feeling like, what am I doing wrong whenever they're acting out or they're doing, you know, some of these things we've talked about in the last few chapters and then just realizing, like, no, <laughs> this is just – they're just kids. They're just learning. They just got here. And it's our job to model for them what what healthy, um, healthy, humble – what's the other word? Strong-willed in a positive way, adults are. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus a bunch of other things. Healthy, humble, and authentic comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, so, cool. Well, let's continue to work through this book. That was chapter four. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying this so far. If you are, we'd love to know. Shoot us a text at five one three six two zero four three three three. You can send us um, any comments or questions, book suggestions for the next book club, post triggers, um, a review. We'd, we'd like to hear from you guys. So, Yeah, that would be, be awesome. Definitely. So cool. Well, we will wrap it up and uh, look forward to uh, the next episode. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This was chapter four of the Triggers book in our new book club series. If you enjoyed it, if you are learning some things about parenting from the authors, Wendy and Amber, and then, you know, what Chris and I are pulling out of it, go ahead and share this episode with um, somebody and don't forget to subscribe to the show.